had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. I'm in love with Could you. make me be true. Snap out of it. Could make me be true. Magnificence that comes out of your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. You're lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather. In each episode, I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Josh Gannon. How's it going? Hi, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show because, uh, as I mentioned to you off mic, I've been wanting to ask you to come on the show for a couple of months uh, to talk about this movie specifically. So would you like to introduce the film for us today? Sure. So um, we will be discussing um, Something Borrowed, which is a 20, uh, 2011 to, uh, romantic comedy that was directed by Luke Greenfield um, and writer Ginny Snyder Ehrman. Um, it's based on a book by uh, Emily Giffen, uh, Something Borrowed. And it stars uh, Kate Hudson, uh, Jennifer Goodwin, Colin Eggsfield, uh, John Krasinski. And it's basically about... Um, a love triangle. It's about um, Rachel and Darcy are best friends, been best friends for a while. Um, and um, Darcy is about to get married and she is actually marrying um, Dex, who was a college friend of Rachel's. Um, and they kind of have a, a crush thing going, but uh, neither one of them can make a move. So, um, you know, Darcy and him got together. And um, so it's all about uh you know, romantic triangles, um, missed opportunities, um, you know, funny things happen along the way. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty fun from start to finish. Uh, the reason why we're talking about this movie is that it's about to turn 10 years old. And um, so I think by the time this episode comes out in, uh, I think in about a week or so, it shouldn't do, I guess the anniversary will have come, I, I think, or, or it's on its way. Um, and so I, I watched this movie for the first time back in January and you had replied that you had seen this movie many times. It's one of your favorites. So, you know, when I saw the anniversary was coming up, I was like, I got to get Josh on the show to talk about this movie because I think this movie is a lot more interesting, a little messier, a little more complicated than I think people gave it credit for when it came out 10 years ago. And um, it's definitely a, a romantic comedy that I think has had a somewhat of an impact. Um, uh, it definitely has one of those ones that, you know, shows up on TV a lot. And a lot of people have said, you know, it's really good. Actually, some people say it's really bad. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion of it. Um, and I think it's, I think it's a really interesting movie and I think it does a lot of really cool things. Um, do you remember the first time you saw the film? So I do, it was actually opening weekend. So um, yeah. May 6, 2011 was actually when it um, came out. I think it was around the same time around Thor. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think Thor was sold out and I was like, oh, let, you know, let's go see uh, something borrowed. So um, went into it cause I'd already read the book. Um, mm. but wasn't expecting, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but I remember, um, I actually thought it was really well done considering the reviews that I read. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I laughed. Um, I could relate to it. Um, and I remember as soon as it ended, um, I wanted to see it again. Um, be, I, I, it just, it struck a chord with me. So 2011 was probably, my almost coming out year sort of um so this this film kind of played into that like um missed opportunities romantic triangles um yeah yeah you know i i, I could sort of relate to it so it was it was um it was really interesting to to see all of it and and and, and everybody loves a movie that that you can cry a little you can laugh you know but and by the end i feel like it's it's it, it's really it, it really just lets you leave the theater and you have like this um this big smile on your face yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember the reception to the movie. I think that opening weekend, I didn't end up going to see Thor instead of this movie. And, um, you know, the, the 2000s, especially around 2011, like the rented comedy was kind of, 
You know, I think there were a lot of some really cool ones being made at the time, like No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits and stuff like that. But I think it's like the reputation of romantic comedies at this time was just so, it was so poor that anyone that kind of came out would get similar reviews of like, it's so, you know, it's bad or it's shallow or what, you know, uninteresting or whatever. But um, so I kind of, this movie was just one of those movies that I just like kept meeting to watch, but I just had heard so many negative things about it from um, from people who honestly don't like romantic comedies that much, but it was the kind of thing where I just kept missing it. And then, you know, when I saw that, I saw that it was streaming earlier, I was really excited to watch it. Um, and I was really, I was really impressed by it. I really do um, appreciate, you know, your, uh, your connection to it in terms of like missed opportunities and regrets, because I think this movie is really much, it's, that's it's such a like prominent theme of the movie is um you know really taking a not being able to take a chance and uh you know i I think uh jennifer goodwin's character rachel i i really relate to her actually because um you know it's like i've i feel like i've been in situations where i feel like i'm reading signals but i'm not sure if i am so i'm just gonna like letting it pass by because you don't want to like put yourself out there. And then, you know, there's, just, I feel like we all have that person in our lives who is just so much, it's so much easier for them to like, you know, get what they want. Um, so I really did relate to this movie and, um, you know, I, I found it to be just like, I could, uh, well, I can totally see why you wanted to watch it immediately after because it like, the look of the movie is so colorful, you know, it's such a, like, um, it takes place in the summer and in New York city and, you know, the like New York city and the Hamptons in that time of year, it just has a certain like brightness to it. And this movie really, really captures that. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally do. Um, I, I agree with you and how like relatable it is and how much you just want to like, I can see you wanting to watch it over and over again. Yeah, for um for me, you know, I think in our in my mind, I'm like, oh, sometimes I can be a Darcy because yeah. my personality <laughs> is, is an extrovert. Right. But I think at the end of the day, like I'm I'm Rachel because you know we don't want to we don't want to put ourselves out there. You know, we you know it's it's a really um, challenging thing to do. You like you said, you hit it perfectly with reading signs. Um, yeah, you know, I I, I think in um. You know, I won't speak for the for for, for the straight community, or but I will speak <laughs> for the gay community. You can definitely misread signs. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I I I really I really um I really think that you know you it, it's like the one that got away. So should right. you know I should have made this move. I should have talked to somebody. And, and and I love that the film captures the that in flashbacks. You know, the first time I saw it. Um, I didn't, I didn't appreciate as much, but when you, when you start watching it more and more, you realize that those flashbacks are, are, are pivotal to the story. You know, I, I wouldn't want them to set out to make a movie that is, Hey, it's five years ago. And then, then they show now or something like, yeah, I like what do they start yeah. with now and they use key pivotal moments to, to show you, um, you know, Rachel's connection to um, Dex and, and yeah, how it all yeah. started. Um, and for me, you know, you brought up the um, aesthetics and, and the coloring and stuff. And I, I think this film is gorgeously shot. You know, it, it had a budget of 35 million. And I felt like from Rachel's roof to New York to the Hamptons, like it, it, it is, it is such a beautifully shot film. Yeah, the, um, uh, the cinematography was done by Charles Minsky. Um, and he's really famous for Pretty Woman, which is, of course, a, uh, you know, a classic, you know, iconic romantic comedy. Yeah. You know, I think every romantic comedy wants to capture what, um, you know, a pretty woman has. And he's also, he did um, uh, New Year's Eve and Mother's Day, which I talked about in previous episodes. And, uh, um, you know, those movies, I think, especially New Year's Eve, I think has a really beautiful look to it. So this guy, you know, he's worked with Gary Marshall a couple of times. You know, he's work with Kate Hudson, I'm seeing here on his Wikipedia page, he did um, You, Me, Dupree, Something Borrowed, and um, Raising Helen with Kate Hudson. And, you know, it's, I, I'm always really interested when cinematographers and actors work together over and over again, because, you know, even though actors and cinematographers won't choose each other, of course, yeah. but, you know, it's always interesting to see, you know, which camera, which cameraman, like, really, 
bring out the best in, in an actor and that kind of, you can see a relationship building there. And I think, you know, Kate Hudson, I definitely want to talk about Darcy, but Kate Hudson, I think looks luminous in this movie. And um, I, I think she gives the best performance in the movie. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll, I'll say it again. Like uh, Kate Hudson, um, she was like born maybe like 20 years too or too late or 20 years too early because she got, she's such a, she's so good in this kind of movie. She looks beautiful in this kind of movie. And, you know, the camera just like, is like, you know, just like radiates. She radiates in front of the camera and in, in, in movies like this. Um, and I just wish that like she could have been, you know, get the reputation of a great romantic comedy star like Julia Roberts or her own mother, Goldie Hawn, or people that are coming up, you know, nowadays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, yeah, I really find that this um, uh, this movie uh, is has such a beautiful look to it. And I mean, everyone looks beautiful. I think everyone looks really glamorous but like not not too glamorous like they look real like real people but they have this like certain glow to them uh especially kate hudson and, and general goodwin yeah it, it, it's funny you say that about about kate hudson because i feel like she is an actress that doesn't have the reputation or, or the career that she should have you know yeah, yeah. She, she really she really came out swinging with um almost famous i mean mm-hmm. i'd even I'd even tell you that she probably should have won the Oscar that year. I know people like Marsha Gay Harden, but um, sure, sure. I love her and and almost famous. And yeah. then when you watch her in like How to Lose a Guy, um, yeah, and, and yeah, Lily, that's that's my favorite. I know you have Raisin Helen, um, you know Yumi and Dupree, um, you know something something borrowed. I mean, she she has a lot of her mother. So so I really wish, you know, she, she's like the. Um, she could have the Jennifer Lawrence career, you know, right, right. she's just older than, than Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And I, I love her whenever she's on screen. It like, you know, it's really hard with, with actors and actresses because some of them are good, but it, it, sometimes it feels forced. And some yeah. of them, the camera loves them from the minute they set forth. When we meet Darcy, I mean, she, you know, the movie almost, as much as I love it, it loses kind of steam when she's not on the screen. Like, that's, right. that's how good she is. And I'd even say the same for um, John Krasinski, which I would have loved to have seen more of him. I, I think he's he is hilarious in this film. I think he's got some some really great one-liners, um, you know, and 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 um, but but overall, like, I'm 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 a huge fan of uh, Kate Hudson always wanting to see where she goes next. And really, she should be the queen of romantic comedies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she definitely, like, you know, you bring up Jennifer Lawrence. I just, like, had an image of her in Silver Lighting's playbook, you know. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I like that movie. I like Jennifer Lawrence in that movie. I think it's kind of universally agreed that Jennifer Lawrence is maybe, like, 15 years too young for that role. But, like, someone like Kate Hudson kind of really getting... Um, getting that, that, you know, that meaty character who's, like, still can be very, like you know, radiant and charming and, you know, a, a, that Sutherland's playbook is, of course, a, a very, um, in some ways, a very conventional romantic comedy, especially the way that it looks. And seeing someone like Kate Hudson who brings that rom-com glamour to her in a role like that, that has a little bit more bite to it, um, would, would be really, really exciting. Um, another really great uh, Kate Hudson movie is, um, oh God, I just had it, uh, uh, my best friend's girl, which is like not a really good movie, but I think she's absolutely fast, outstanding in it. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it in over ten years, but my memory of her in that is that she's really, really good in it. And um, you know, I know that she's like really doing like lifestyle stuff now, which is I think that's like a lot of a lot of actors actresses actually I should say because it's very specifically women her age kind of go into doing like branding and you know influencer lifestyle stuff and you know I'm like hey get your money that's where you want to go and uh, you know she knows her audience and that's what people want but I'm like man I just want you to come back and do like a big rom-com with like you know Matthew McConaughey again or something yeah and I look I love her um her her athletic wear I wear it fabletics yeah. <laughs> so I I think it's comfortable I'm I'm all like um you know I'm I'm 
I want her to come back. Um, you know, if she can find Cameron Diaz, bring her back yeah, too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, no, I, I, I feel like, you know, the reason why she just excels in some of this stuff is I feel like people have in their mind, like she's got the party girl down and, and I, and I think she's, she's more than that. I, you know, yeah. I don't even know if she's a party girl at the end of the day, but she, but she just has that down. Like it's, it's, um, it's her bubbly personality. Like you want to be friends with her. I mean, really in this movie, as much as she annoyed me sometimes, <laughs> I saw myself like, you know, going, Oh my God, I want to be friends with Darcy, you know? Um, yeah. you know, but there's a shallowness to her in the film, but there's also like, she, she has these beautiful moments. And, and, and I think that's, what's real about it. You know, friendship is sometimes messy. Yeah. I don't care how long you've been friends with somebody. It could be five years, it could be 10 years, it could be 30 years. You're going to have that messy part of it. And, and and that's what I love that the film captured. You know, I, I, I you know, kudos to, to Kate Hudson and Jennifer Goodwin, because, I mean, they really do make um, a, a really good team. You know, they, they yeah. play that really well. You can yeah. almost have them as sisters. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think my, my hot take around this movie is that I actually feel like, uh, Darcy is not the villain of the movie and not that Rachel is the villain, but I, I can feel this movie really wants me to hate Darcy a lot more than I do. And part of that is Kate Hudson, you know, because Kate Hudson is Kate Hudson, you know, she's just inherently likable, inherently engaging as an actor, engaging, inherently endearing. Um, but part of it is I think that like in some ways Darcy is written to be so awful and so shallow and selfish and oblivious that it, I kind of loop back around and really like her because like of all the characters, she's the one who's kind of like the most herself. Everyone else is, um, you know, playing a lot of different roles and trying to hide themselves a lot and, you know, especially of the, well, John Krasinski to an extent as well, but definitely of the main love triangle. Um, I, I find it a little harder to kind of write her off as like, you know, I've, I've, I mean, this is just my interpretation I and mean, maybe you have something different, but I feel like this movie is trying really, really hard to make her into some kind of character or something. And um, I definitely am, you know, I, I definitely think the movie is a little smarter than that. When I think about the friendship between Darcy and Rachel, I'm like, I think they're both really good friends to each other, but both really bad friends to each other. And, uh, um, but, and I think that it's, you know, as you're saying, they have such a good chemistry that they, they, they sell that, like, they sell this part of their relationship really well, which is like, they love each other, they're there for each other, but there's a lot of different resentments coming up, a lot of old history. And um, definitely like there's, um, they're just, yeah, I think they're, they're really great together. And I, I, I believe all like the more tender moments, like, you know, when they're doing the, like the dance, you know, together <laughs> to uh, push it, right? Um, uh that's such it's, it's, so, it's so believable anytime they're doing like after that when they're kind of in bed together talking like I definitely feel a friendship there but I also feel that like they just have different personalities and they really clash um and um yeah I, I mean I, I definitely feel like you know I mean part of me like when I was watching this movie being like hey I think Rachel might be like a really bad friend and more and, and expecting a lot from Darcy and holding a lot of resentment towards her. But then I'm like, well, Darcy's really shallow and oblivious and, you know, um, she's really self-centered. Um, so it's like, it's it's cool because these characters all have really interesting flaws and really, um, they're messy, as you were saying. They're really, um, they don't make great decisions all the time and they um, have to think about the consequences of all their actions and have to deal with them. Yeah, it, l l like you said about Darcy, you know, I feel like there's that subplot where she cheated on her fiance and I, yeah. and I feel like the movie goes out of its way from the very beginning when we meet her that it's really Rachel's party, but she makes it all about her. And, yeah. and I think we all have those friends, you know, I think she is extrovert. She wants the spotlight on herself. You know, I think I think there's a there's a beautiful tragedy that the that the film doesn't explore is, um, you know, I don't. I want to say that maybe there are some self-esteem issues with Darcy. Remember? Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Rachel went to law school, you know, they bring up the whole thing about she got accepted to Notre Dame, but nobody saw the acceptance letter. Yeah. Like I feel like 
it does try to make her a villain and villain. And out of all of it, she's the one that's real. Like she's like, you know, I'm not good with words. It's genetic when she meant to say kinetic or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, I, I really love those moments, but, but you're right. I, I feel like, you know, it's, you know, and, and I don't know that I, Rachel has the villain. I just look at it as their friends and you can't help who you fall in love with. Like, like I get it. It's the yeah. female code um, and everything, right. but um you know, Darcy's that unstoppable force. You, you cannot compete with her. And, and I think, you know, she says it, Rachel, I've always been more sexual than you. I've, I've always, um, you know, I've always been more popular than you. And, and, and I think, and I think that that is true. I think, I think, um, you know, Darcy is made out to be the villain, but I think in the end, like, I don't see her as a villain because even that the ending, which I'm probably sure, sure we'll get to is she, she's so beautiful in that ending and, and yeah. just, her forgiving nature that I really wish we would have gotten the sequel, which is something blue that they had wanted to do, you know, cause it, it's about her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love that you brought up Darcy's self-esteem issues because um, I, yeah, I, I agree that I, I wish the movie had explored that. I think um, I have a reading on Wikipedia that there was kind of talk about a sequel based on the sequel to the novel, um, and I feel like that sequel probably would have explored Darcy a little bit more than kind of, it's a little superficial in, in, in this movie. Um, but, and I, I, I feel that like the, um, you know, the, the Notre Dame subplot is really interesting to me because, you know, I think it's so clear that it, that comes from self-esteem and I think resentful, resent, resentment of uh, Rachel always being the quote unquote smart one, you know? And uh, and I think Darcy then like really overcompensates and becomes the like the sexy, cool, funny one, you know, the party girl. Because well, Rachel's the smart one, so I'll just be the the other one. And um, you know, I, I have a lot to say about you know Darcy cheating on on Dex um, because uh, I feel like that like. I wish that we had seen her with that other guy, you know, while while, Darce, while Rachel and Dex are in are in the city. I wish they had cut back to showing uh, Darcy with that other guy. I think Marcus is his name. Yeah, Marcus. Uh, yep. Because I, I think it would be a little bit more um, like, um, I think the movie would show a little bit more empathy towards Darcy to see her like, you know, why she falls into bed with this guy and, you know, like why she's doing this. Just to have me see with Rachel and Dex of like why they're both kind of like lying and betraying, you know, Darcy and we understand it, you know, we get it. Um, and, you know, by making him, by making that that Marcus guy like kind of a, I guess we himbo is what we would say now, um, making him like that, making kind of a twist ending. It's, it's another way I think this movie is trying really hard to, you um, to villainize Darcy. And, and I think it does that so that we don't judge Rachel and Dex too much for their transgressions, which, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I get to understand, like they were always the couple and then Darcy just kind of, you know, came in there. So I understand that, but I wish the movie just showed a little bit more empathy towards Darcy because um, Kate Hudson as an actor deserves it um, and the character deserves it. I think she's an interesting character. And uh, I think like that's my my main thing with this movie, which I, I generally really like and will probably watch again and again. It's, I can see it me, I can see adding it to my, you know, rom-com rotation, but there's just like, as you say, there's so much unexplored there that, I, I mean, I don't think the sequel is going to come now, 10 years later, but um, if there had been a sequel, I wish I wish that would have been what, what they explored. Yeah, and 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 I remember, because I remember reading the book. I'm, I'm not, it, it's been 10 years. Yeah. So I remember Marcus and her having a lot more scenes. So yeah. I really wish they would have explored that because I feel like when they say that she cheated, it just kind of it kind of takes away because yeah. um, she's blaming Dex for cheating, but then she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm pregnant. You know, it's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I really feel like, like, like you said, had we gotten that cutaway from when Rachel and Dex are on the roof um, with one of my favorite songs of the film um, <laughs> and it cuts away and we, and we see them with the 4th of July party. I, I think that would have been, would have been better. But like you yeah. said, I, I think the film goes out of its way to be like, Hey, Rachel is the it girl. You yeah. Know, yeah. 
they it tries to take away. And look, I I love Rachel as a character. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do. I, I love the messiness of all of it. Um, but that that's where the film kind of um, kind of could have went into that great territory. As much as, much as I love it, yeah, I, I yeah, there's absolutely. A lot of, there's a lot of um, un, unexpected. Yeah, and um, I, I mean. Uh, I I do want to talk about uh, Jennifer Goodwin as Rachel. Jennifer, Jennifer Goodwin as well is one of those um, actors who I think could have been a really great rom-com heroine, except she just became famous at the wrong time for that. Um, you know, I've seen her and he's just not into you. And even on when she was on Big Love, the HBO show, like, she was doing this kind of thing really well, just being really bubbly and perky and sweet and funny. And, um, you know, but I love in this movie how dark her character is and how messy she is. And, um, you know, I love that, you know, like this movie is not afraid to have its characters make mistakes. I think a lot of these sort of glossy studio romantic comedies play very safe with the characters, but this one, like, um, it really asks you to like root for a couple of you know adulterers. I mean, I hate to use such a like old school <laughs> word, but like you know, you want this couple to get together. And um, even though they start, they're starting off their relationship in a really toxic, harmful way. No, I'm 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 right there with you. I feel like Jennifer Goodwin. Um, Hollywood doesn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Like I. I I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think she was good for the longest time on Once Upon a Time. You know, like like you brought up, he's just not that into you. I, I thought she was fantastic and he's just yeah, not that definitely. Into you. And but but I feel like late like she hasn't got as many roles lately. She was on the um CBS uh access show Women Who Kill. Oh, that's right. I do feel right. like they don't know what to do with her. And and um I feel like she's strong in this film. She she's got some really great moments um you know again when, when you're competing with kate hudson it's like being in a, mo- a movie with sandra bullock or, or jennifer um jennifer and lawrence um jennifer lawrence or yeah. um amy adams i just feel like there's certain people even reese weatherspoon i feel like you just yeah. can't compete with them and that's kind of um you know what's going on i think she she gets the the doe-eye innocent part of rachel um i yeah. think there's a lot of things that she she in this film and, and you know what's funny is when i was watching this i thought for a second i was like not sick away from anna hathaway but i was totally like she could have been in brides bride wars with kate hudson like yeah. I, don't, I don't know why i just kind of got that feeling like again I, it's all around marriage and and engagements and stuff like that but i really got that watching it um so again you know i i i really i, I really like jennifer jennifer goodman i i yeah. think she um, she, I don't know anybody else that really could have played it because you're right. At the end of the day, we are rooting for people who she's the mistress and, and he's engaged and, and we want them to be together. I, I think yeah. the film does that. It also manipulates you with the scenes and the, and the music that yeah. you know, I really want to get into later because I feel like the music is just like its own um, character in itself. <laughs> Is that Dex's jacket? What is it doing here? Oh, he just left it at the restaurant. I must have picked it up. No. No, he didn't, because he was wearing it today. So. What is it doing here? What is it doing here? Darcy. Where is he? Darcy. Where is he? Where is he? Dex? Darcy? Dex? Please, let's just... Dex? Darcy, no! You told me there was Darcy, you nobody are pregnant. Nobody in the picture. Are you the wrong party oh, here? It's Rachel. How could you do this to me? No, I never wanted to oh. hurt you, Darcy. I never wanted Rachel. to hurt you. Rachel, how could you do this to me? 
I hate you. 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 I never want to speak to you again. Ever. Yeah, this movie has, I mean, let's get into it. This movie has some really, um, really awesome uh, songs. What are some of your favorite uh, needle drops from the movie? So I actually wrote them down. Awesome. Um, so I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start with uh, "Push It" by Salt and Pepper because I love that dance. I remember the first time that I saw it in theaters, and I couldn't stop laughing because I think they do such a good job the way that the film does it. Yeah, um, yeah. I like, um, which I told you before, "The Longer I Run," Peter Bradley Adams. That's the one that they play when Rachel and Dex are getting together on Fourth of July on the rooftop. Yeah. Um, I love "Collective Soul," the world I know. Um, gives me like this '90s vibe, and then. Um, Little Too Much by Natasha Bedingfield at the end of the film. Yeah, that, that's probably my, my favorite as well, uh, Little Too Much, because it's such a perfect song for for this movie. I think Natasha Bedingfield, like, she's, uh, I, I really love when, when her, I mean, I love her as an artist, but I love when yeah. her movies uh, pop, I love when her songs pop up in movies because um, she just, like, fits, like, there's something really cinematic about you know about her music especially in movies like this um and from from this era yeah um yeah and I, i'm really glad that you mentioned the scene on the rooftop i think that's like it's so romantic even though in the back of my mind i'm like i shouldn't find this romantic because they're lying to it they're lying to everyone but it, they it's shot so beautifully and you know there's there's such good chemistry as well yeah i always love when that scene comes up because like I said, song. Um, it yeah. kind of reminds me of, um, there's the song and you brought up earlier, No Strings Attached. There's yeah. the one where Natalie Portman and Ashton um, Kutcher go on a date um, and then she kind of ruins it. And there's that song that just is perfect for her. So, 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 so I feel like there's those movies where like, you know, Titanic, which you just did recently, um, yeah. you know, my heart will go on. There's just, there's certain ones that happen. And, and, and I do love the scene where Darcy's getting Botox and she sends Rachel in her place to go to the cover band, which is a uh, PT Walkley. Yeah. I love those songs. Like, how's it going to be? Like, that was a huge, huge song when I was, when I was growing up. So I kind of, I kind of really loved the music and the choices um, that, that that were made. I don't think that there is a false song in the entire film. Like, like no, I, I just, it, it, it's one of the things like, like um, Promising Young Woman, like right. I bought the soundtrack, like you just hear it and you're like, oh my God, like I, I really love those songs. They really fit the mood of the, mo the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I totally agree with you. I think they, they choose some really, um, I think like eccentric songs are a little bit more offbeat or a little less, you know, top, you know, like top 40. Yeah. Um, and I like that, you know, I feel like a lot of romantic comedies will just kind of throw in like hits just to like, I guess, appease the audience or, you know, make the movie seem more like hip than it is or more yeah. cooler than it is. But this movie, I mean, I, I think that the whole package of this movie is so, um, you know, there's such a like quiet glamour to it. There's such a like, um, you know, as like, you know, you know, of course these like really rich people who have these like amazing careers and second houses and they're planning a big wedding and all that. But, you know, it doesn't feel over the top in that if, if everything about it, like the, the, the fashion, the music, the cinematography, the production design, like it just looks, it, look, it look, just looks great. It looks beautiful. It looks like the kind of movie that it wants to be, which is like a very glossy and sophisticated, but also messy and dark romantic comedy. Yeah. And, and, and I love that you brought up like top forties and big hits because, you know, pretty woman put out some big hits. Um, yeah. You know, you had, you had kissed by Prince. You have that one um, song that I always forget off the top of my head, but it's their love scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I have to ask, cause most people don't know this, but do you always stay around for the credits? Um, not when I'm in a theater, but I usually will like, like I don't forward them when I watch a movie at home because I just have them on while I'm like. So do you stay? So have you seen the extra scene during the credits for something borrowed? Yeah, yeah. I I I love that. Like I really feel like it puts it. It sets it up for the sequel. I remember people walking out of the theater and. Oh yeah. 
And I remember like we hadn't left yet. And, and then I saw that scene and I was like, oh my God, I want the sequel soon because it's so funny. Like, I, I feel like Ethan's character is not explored enough. Um, so when you start hearing like Darcy's voice and he's looking around and because she has her bags and stuff in London, um, yeah, I, I, I was I was rooting for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I want to get into it because, um, you know, it, it's it's this movie's also really it's 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 really uh, it can seem really weird. This movie because I feel like in there's a version of this movie that ends with Rachel being like, "Hey, I don't actually love you, Dex," because like you know, you're, I love the idea of you or any of those things. And also like, I can't be with someone who cheats on their fiance. Like I can see that and her being like, Oh, Ethan's the guy that's always been there for me. And he's the one that I want to be with and that ending. And um, because like, you know, without that, you know, mid credit scene, you know, Ethan is just kind of this character that doesn't really have, he has a purpose, you know, cause he's like, I think of him as like the audience surrogate, you know, he's the one that's yeah. always telling Rachel, like, what the hell are you doing with your life? You know, yeah. um, which is what, which is what I'm saying, which is what everyone's saying. Um, so he plays that role, but like, you know, he's on the poster, you know, it's a romantic comedy. There's, you know, two guys, two girls, like they're, for him, for like, you know, for Rachel to end up with Dex, which I, I found that to be surprising because I did not think it was going there. I thought that they would break up and she'd go to Ethan. And then, you know, he tells her that she, Ethan tells her that she's in love with him or that he's in love with her. I'm sorry. And she rejects him. Then I'm like, okay, maybe Rachel ends up alone, you know, and this is one of those romantic comedies where she's alone, but she's empowered for it. And then she gets together with Dex and they have the, you know, that whole, I think she's picking up his dry cleaning in the last scene, which, yeah. which yeah. I, I think is really funny too. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't love the character of Dex that much. I think he's very selfish, but very interesting character though. Um, and of course that guy is very attractive. Um, yes. And, uh, but so I think bringing Ethan and Darcy together makes complete sense because, you know, he can bring her down to earth and she can make him a little less of a, you know, snarky sourpuss. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so I think like the se- sequel setup is perfect because then we can get you know both Darcy and Ethan, who are unexplored characters or have actually more to more, you know more development that's waiting for them, could be explored in the sequel. And you know, it would have really I think a, a sequel would have strengthened this movie a, a little bit more. So it's too bad we never got it because there's so much. There's so much like meat there to to chew on, and and it features my you know my, one of my favorite places in the world, which is London. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, you know when Rachel goes to London to get away with everything, I I really thought that she was going to end up with Ethan. Like like I almost thought like Dex and Darcy work it out or they split up, but Ra- yeah, Ethan and Ethan and Rachel. And and it's funny that you mentioned that because. Ethan and Darcy, you can kind of tell like he calls her out on her stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he does it the entire time, and 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 it's and it's great that you said that he's like the the, the you know the surrogate for the audience because I do feel like he says the things that we're thinking, which is like just pick something, Rachel. Like, yeah. you never want to compete with her, but you are competing with her, or right. you know, just their fights. I. You know, there's that one subplot, too, of him pretending to be gay, which I remember, I, I don't know that I necessarily liked it the first time around, but it does get laughs when, you know, when when that girl, Claire, wears yeah. that legalized gay, you know, <laughs> uh, shirt, and they're like, what are you doing? She's like, um, leave him alone, you know, he he's sensitive, or, or when, or when um, Ethan tries to... Um, kind of hug or kiss on Marcus at the club because Claire has just infatuated with him. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I really think that, you know, the, the, the relation, I, I would have liked to have seen the more of the friendship between Rachel and Ethan and kind of yeah. where that's going. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I think we're, no matter what we think, um, I think Rachel and, and, and Dex were always in game. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's really, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think upon, you know, upon reflection and, and rewatching and stuff, yeah, I could definitely see that. And um, I think it's a really bold choice because, um, you know, like I said, you know, Ethan's kind of there as like the, you know, is, I guess, a consolation prize kind of, you know, and I think it's a really easy to have him be, you know, waiting in the wings for her. And 
but I, I think it's more interesting that you know um, that they don't go that route and that they actually make Darcy and Dex and or sorry Rachel and Dex uh, Endgame because I think that's the it's a riskier choice. You know, like we've been saying, you know, they start their relationship off in a re- they start their relationship off in a really you know toxic way and and then they end up together because that's just meant to be so i really like that yep i agree i, I agree 100 about yeah that. what do you think about the um you know because I, I mentioned like dex not being a very likable character uh but you know they do try to flesh him out by having his parents be like pressure or having his dad pressure him um into continuing the engagement and and, and the marriage because of like his mom, I think is like, like his mom is like depressed and really needs um, looking forward to the wedding and wouldn't be able to handle, you know, another like shift like that. What, what did you think of that subplot? So I, I thought the, I thought the, um, the mother depression um, was interesting because it yeah. seems like that's what drives his, his decision sometimes. It's yeah. Like, I think he's, which I can relate to, um, you know, trying to get his dad's approval, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's been the one thing about, about me is, um, you know, my dad passed away before I was 30. And so, um, mm. you know, I've been trying my whole life to get my dad's approval. So I, I really relate to Dex, um, you know, not wanting to rock the boat with his father. And even his father saying, you know, your mother's the happiest I've ever seen her. Yeah. I, I don't like the tug of war of Dex's character. I, I, I think that that's the one thing that, has really bothered me is is um he's he's playing tug of war between two women you know i think he wants the the best of both worlds yeah but he's but he's engaged to darcy and and, and i think that that comes out when when they're playing when they're sitting down all four of them marcus rachel uh dex and darcy and you know, uh, Marcus is trying to get them to go to bed because he wants to have alone time with Rachel. Right. That's like, no, no, I'm not tired. And she's like, oh, good. Awesome. You know, you know, we're, we know they're about to have sex, but um, he, he kind of does that tug of war thing. And even then when, when they're in the bar and Rachel comes back from the pouring rain and pours her heart out and he's like, I, I just can't, I just can't. I, I feel like that broke my heart. Like I was like, girl, he like, you finally admit what you want. And this right. man, sits there and he's like i just can't do that i just can't yeah, do that. but yeah. but this whole movie he's been doing that like right, it, right. It, but i feel like i would have liked to have known more of his backstory because i really like dex college dex like i really yeah. i really like him it's that older version of him that i that i didn't that i didn't care for yeah yeah and you know i i like that you differentiate between like you know college decks and and the adult because i think what's interesting about his character uh for me it's this idea of like when you get older your responsibilities change you know you can't just kind of you know play tug of war between two women and you know have sex with one and get you know be relationship with another one like not that it's ever appropriate or you know yeah, acceptable right. but when you're younger making those mistakes and being confused like a little bit more understandable, a little bit more like, okay, yeah, it's not great that you're doing that, but you're still learning and growing and developing your relationships and whatever. But when you're in your 30s, then you have to worry about, you know, your parents' approval and um, you have to worry about, you know, like you can't just do whatever you want. You have to live with the consequences of your actions. And that's something, and it, Dex to me seems like one of those one of those guys who probably never had to face many consequences for his actions. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure he had a very difficult home life with his dad. His dad is a piece of work. Yeah. Um, but I think he also is maybe the kind of dad that would like bail out his son whenever needed, you know, um, not literally bail out, but like, just, you know, make sure that his son's okay. Um, so I think that, um, so I, I think Dex is just, he's realizing that, you know, there's more at stake here than just what his, what he wants, you know, um, and that he has to think about that and reconcile it and see, well, is a marriage to Darcy going to be worth, you know, all of this, or should I just follow my heart and be with Rachel, whom my parents might not approve of, or who does it, you know, um, or, you know, risk breaking my mom's heart and disappointing my dad. I mean, maybe it's worth it, maybe it's not. And that's sort of the thing he has to deal with. And I think that's, I think it's interesting. You know, I 
I wish a more, you know, I think we have three really terrific actors in this movie who are like big stars and have done many, like many great things in many different kinds of movies and TV shows. Um, but uh, Colin Egglesfield, I just don't think he's up to the task. At least he's not, he's not on the level of Kate Hudson or Jennifer Goodwin. Um, and I'm kind of was, well, like thinking, okay, maybe Steve Howey should have played that role <laughs> because I love Steve Howey. Steve Howey. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I think I think Dex is interesting, and I think his um, his selfishness. Of course, that's part of his character. That's his arc, and you know, as frustrating it is to see him, you know, being like, you know, so torn between two amazing, beautiful, charismatic women. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, your your big problem is Kate Hudson or Jennifer Goodwin? Like, <laughs> okay, buddy, you know, um, you know, people are dying. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really. Um, I feel, you know, like I keep saying, this movie is a lot more complicated than, than given credit for. I mean, I think these characters are all so interesting and there's so much meat to, there's so much to chew on with them. Yeah, and and, and, and that's what makes, um, you know, the film kind of beautiful is, is when yeah. you watch it. I feel like every time you watch it, you pick something else up. Yeah, you know, one, yeah. I'll tell you, one, one of the things that I always think is a really weird editing choice is the fatal attraction scene. It doesn't that like to me it's always felt out of place. Am I missing something? Like I get what they're trying to do, but it's like that scene, and then they cut to the city. I'm like, what what happened here? Like what like it it always felt off to me. Could Um, you um uh describe the scene for the listeners who haven't seen the movie yet? It's the scene where um it, it's it's the evening after um, Rachel and Dex kind of hooked up, kind of hooked up. They did hook up, and and she's talking to Darcy and she's trying to find out like what happened because um you know um she's she's seeing if Dex told Darcy or if Darcy knows anything. So when she's talking to her and she's cleaning her house in the background is Fatal Attraction blank. So it's the scene where um. Michael Douglas uh, drowns Glenn Close and all of a sudden she pops up and she gets shot and then yeah. and the scene goes to the city. So yeah. I have always felt like, and even for a PG-13 movie, I feel like it's kind of a violent scene. Like it, it yeah. just, I'm surprised <laughs> actually show it. Um, one, right, because it's right. fatal. But two, it just feels out of place. I know what they're trying to say, like Rachel's the mistress, like, you know, but it, it just kind of, it, it's always just so weird to me. Like I, they could have done it differently and then transition, but it was just like abrupt city. Like, yeah, city. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a very strange, uh, it's a very strange sequence of events. Um, but, you know, also one that gives this movie some like some uniqueness because like, I don't know, I've, I, I think it's fun. I think it's really fun when movies try stuff like that, even when it doesn't work, and especially when there is always some like weird editing choice or re like weird line reading or something. I don't know. It's like the movie has some character. You know, they tried something, didn't work, but it's in there. So um, yeah, I really do. Uh, I I totally agree with you. It's very strange. It's very abrupt. It's not successful, but it's like. Like you said, as you watch this movie more and more, like these things, you start to you start to just love about it, just from you know, just from watching the movie over and over. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there is anything like thematic that I wanted to touch upon, but I'm, I don't think so. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Kate Hudson again. <laughs> you know, my girl, I love her so much, um, especially in this movie. I think she's delivering a really, really terrific performance. Um, yeah, that's my final shout out for her. Uh, do you have any like other like favorite? I mean, I know you've, you've mentioned a few, a couple scenes that you really like, you know, like the rooftop scene and stuff like that, and, and the dance sequence. But is there any like a, like another particular moment in the movie that um, you didn't mention that you want to bring up, or another like favorite line, you know, from John Krasinski or anything, or just anything like favorite? Yeah, part so there's of the movie? actually so there's actually two things. So I, okay. I think Darcy's big moment, um, Kate Hudson nails. It's the one where Rachel gets just gets back from London, um, and it's when Dex is you know comes over to see her, and she has to hide because Darcy yeah yeah for her, um, you know I think that that scene is well played where they're changing things, and 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 Rachel just found out that Dex ended the engagement, and Kate Hudson walks in and was like, all things off. Okay, well you know I was thinking it, but he beat me to it. Right when she leaves, and, and I watch it again, I paid attention. I don't know when she saw 
his jacket sitting there. But when she comes back and she's like, what is the jacket doing here? Oh, he, yeah. He, you know, like that, that whole scene of events, I thought Kate Hudson like nailed it. Like I, I felt so sorry for her in that moment. One, she's pregnant. Two, she, she just found out that her fears of Dex cheating with somebody is Rachel. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was such a big moment for her. And she nails the anger, the, the, the emotion, the, the, the sadness when she starts telling Rachel, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing is like later on, we find out months later, you know, um, Darcy's pregnant and she's showing, um, I love the scene where she says, clearly I'm one of those women that don't, that only carry in my belly. <laughs> I always find that scene so it's hilarious. It's very funny. Yeah. And she's gorgeous. Like she, <laughs> she looks like a bohemian goddess. Um, right. Right. I, I really love that scene and how when they're walking away, they keep looking back at each other and she's like, you know, I am, I, I'm the happiest I've been. Like, yeah. So yeah. I, that's why I like to explore a little more with her. Cause I like, there's so much there. Like, like every one of the story characters have a backstory. Even Dex, you know, what made Dex Dex? How, right. did, how did Darcy not go to school but live kind of this like rich, carefree lifestyle? Um, I, I just think the film is sweet in the end. You know, I, I always, I always have that hopefulness that Rachel and um, Darcy can be friends at some point again. You know, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I'm not sure they will, but. Um, I kind of, I kind of always have that, like, I've always been looking for that scene. That's like, you know, it's kind of like the will and grace, right? Um, right. You know, you, you, you don't talk for a while, but then your kids go to college together and you're, you're, you know, you, you, you kind of make up. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. A, that the last, that sort of like climactic scene between the three of them, I think is really, really well done. Um, uh, especially yeah, Kate Hudson um, and, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, it'll take some time for them to, like, kind of heal and forgive each other, you know, through absence but and through distance. But I also think that, um, you know, I think it's possible for them, maybe not in the next year, but maybe in a couple of years if they run into each other again, just to, like, get together. I mean, I think the... Um, I think the ending is really, um, there's something hopeful about it. It's also kind of like, well, if they never see each other again, it's also fine because like this conflict is is somewhat resolved. You know, they've moved past it. So they could become friends again, they could not, but there's no, I feel like there's no like, um, you know, festering bitterness between them anymore. And I like that. And um, I also like that the movie ends with this, that last scene between them. It doesn't end, I mean, it does end with, you know, Rachel and Dex, but like, um, I like that the the main emotional part of the ending is between these two friendship, because I think, you know, in some ways, this is, you know, this is a romantic comedy about the two of them. This is a, a story about their friendship and their relationship and their feelings with each other. And, you know, I think Dex in some ways could, is just a stand in for this conflict up there that's been coming up. And um, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's a really nice ending. Definitely a good sequel hook, you know, very much like it's uh, the, uh, movie theater neighbor Thor ends with a sequel hook. Um, and uh, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a very pleasant, movie for I mean even how like dark and complicated it is like that ending is it, it nails it and the, the mid credit scene um is so funny it's so great um that even if we never got a sequel we can still imagine all the adventures that Darcy and Ethan get up to you know yeah yeah I I, I think you're right it's it's that hopefulness it's that yeah. romantic side of me like you know I love that it starts out with like these best friends and it's this friendship and and you know, friendship changes over time. And, and it's almost like, you know, there's multiple relationships. There's the friendship between Darcy and, and Rachel. There's the Rachel and Ethan friendship. And then you have Dex in the middle. So yeah. I love that it explores. And, and you're right, you know, you watch this film and it's, and it's really messy. But again, that goes back to like, you know, things that we did in college and things that we did in our 20s aren't necessarily things that we do in our 30s. You know, right. that's the whole point of growing up, living, um, you know, kind of growing um, as a person. And in the end, you, you see that with Darcy, you even see that with, um, with Rachel, you know, Rachel is really 
she apologizes. She's like, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you. She didn't, she didn't, and I caught that last night. She never apologized for the affair. She <laughs> just apologizes for, I'm so sorry I hurt you. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's when Darcy looks at her and was like, you know, I bought him that shirt. Um, so, you know, I, I, I love it. Like said, if they never see each other again, it's kind of like there was that resolution. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hopefulness, but it's also like, there's no bitterness between them there. You know, she's like, I, I wish you well in your pregnancy kind of thing. And, you know, it just, and they keep looking back and that's what gave me the hope is, you know, they keep looking back. So clearly, I mean, they've been friends for years and years and years and years. Yeah. I love that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any final thoughts on the film or anything we've discussed? Um, no, I, I really want to say thank you for um, having me on this and um, for having me, you know, be able to talk about it. And I just, um, I just, you know, really, really enjoy this film. I think it's like you said, you put in your romantic um, rom-com kind of like, um, hey, these are the films that I watch annually or, yeah. um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I hope more people kind of listen to the podcast and be like, oh my God, you know, I, I saw the reviews and I never want to give it a chance. Look, I'm always like, look, I'm the guy that's going to watch all the gay films on Tubi, even the bad ones. I'm going <laughs> like, to watch all the romantic comedies. Like you said, my best friend's girl, like I'm going to, yeah. you know, because again, critics killed the no strings attached film and, and I yeah. actually no strings attached. Um, right. Right. So it, it's, 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 it's one of those things like they, they kind of put like this smile on your face. If you're feeling bad, you know, pop in pretty woman, um, you know, Sandra Bullock while you were sleeping or even um, the proposal. Like, I feel like it's, it just those things that I hope through time, it kind of gets um, a, a better reputation. You know, I, I, I'd be curious, you know, if it, if it has a bigger fan club kind of than when it premiered back in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely curious about that. And I echo everything you're saying. Um, I definitely encourage people to watch this movie. I think it's a lot, it's definitely, it's just a lot weirder and more messy than, than <laughs> you probably thought it would be. And it's all the, all the better for it. Um, you know, something borrowed is kind of like exactly the kind of movie that I love covering on this podcast. Uh, because, um, you know, bad reputation, like negative reviews didn't, you know, made, made some money, but not, not a whole lot. Um, and it's the kind of room to comedy that everyone just kind of dismisses as, you know, a standard cliche rom-com that is good for, you know, Saturday afternoons on TNT or whatever, but not much worth talking about. But actually, there's so much to talk about with movies like this. And a lot of the movies you mentioned, I mean, of course, I've covered Pretty Woman and while you're sleeping on this podcast, love to talk about the proposal at some point. Um, because I think these movies are interesting. And I think especially because they have such wonderful actors who know what kind of movie they're in, but also bring in a lot of heft, like Jennifer Goodwin and, and Kate Hudson. So I'm really, really, really grateful that uh, you came on the podcast to talk about this movie. I've been wanting to do this episode for like three months. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, so I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, I hope that, you know, people will, you know, rediscover this movie that's 10 years old. We have some distance from the, you know, from that time. So we can hopefully, you know, reappraise this movie and see it as a really, a romantic, a romantic comedy that's trying to do something and trying to be a little bit more meaningful than one, than it looks like it could be. Um, it's trying, you know, it's, it's trying and it succeeds in, in a lot of ways. So Thanks so much. This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, and it's so great to, to meet you via Zoom. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Josh, please tell us where we can find you online and, and anything that you've been working on these days. Okay, so you can find me online, Twitter at BlueEyedGuy86 um, and things that I work on. I was working on a podcast with somebody else before as kind of a guest. Um, I've been going back and forth about doing my own uh, podcast because I have a lot of fun guesting on other people's podcasts. Yeah. So right now, I just, you know, I re what I can um, in between my job and... You know, it, it's really great to, to to meet you. It's really great to talk to you because I know we've interacted a couple times on Twitter, but yeah. it's always nice to put a face to the person or, <laughs> or, or, or find a fellow cinephile who, who loves films just as much as I do. Um, yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. And um, 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at TheManish89. That's T-H-E-M-A-N-I-S-H-8-9. Also, please follow the podcast at ipod2bu. Um, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show to help people find it. Um, Josh, thanks again. This has been an absolute blast. Um, I definitely want to watch this movie again, like, in the next couple of days. I'm like, just, there's so much that we've talked about that I'm just, like, itching to see it again and, and um, watch it in reflection of all that we've discussed. So thanks again. And to listeners, thanks for listening. Thank you.